when we reply, well, in the beginning, God created something. They ask, well, where did God come from? We say, because those are a matter of faith. Don't tell me that your view is scientific, but I'm just religious. They're both religious. They're based on faith. But the thing is, today, science is treated like a sacred cow that could never be questioned, and that's not science. What is science? It's based on the scientific method of observation. Nobody says to observe what it is. So any theory of how it began is not scientific, it's ideological, it's philosophical, it's based on faith. We know, based on faith, something doesn't come from nothing. It has to come from something. So, for that we set up, we set the idea that everything came from nothing. That, that somehow it disappeared on its own. That's not science and that's not logical. That's the way that they block faith and action to set that. Because they have no explanation, they have no first cause. We have a first cause. We know what cause it is God. God is first cause. So he is the only thing that is uncreated. He created all matter. But it's in God that he is not matter, he is eternal spirit. And Genesis 1 goes on the way out of creation of the universe in an orderly manner. Because it's a chaos, it's a question. And it's true that the creation account here in Genesis 1 is, is written in a little bit more poetic style. Because that means it's not true, and not accurate. No, it's not written in the style of a science textbook, but that doesn't mean it's not scientific. Because it's focused, it's not on what's technical, but on what is theological. On the relationship of creation to its creator. Its purpose is to point us to the one who is the originator of all matter, the master over the physical order. God merely wills to be so and seeks to be persistent. So let's summarize the next several weeks. This is the earth was without form and void, darkness was over the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, the light, the light of the darkness of the evening, this morning, the first day. God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, that will separate the waters from the water. Second day, God said, Let the waters of the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, that the earth sprout by the taste of plants, and the seed, the fruit trees, and the fruit which is this seed, the same day. So let there be light. Another arrow wouldn't understand. It wouldn't 
when we have a level of technology. Think about that. We think our science is so identified with the physical scientific knowledge. No, we're not. What would you have to do to have a use of that? If you just come back, what's going to be a thousand years of that? You think you're going to look at our science and be so with that? No, we're going to look back at what we believe is to be so primitive. But guess what? Hundred years from now, Genesis one two will still be real. Thousand years from now, Genesis one two will still be relevant because it's transgenerational, it's transcultural, and it still makes sense. It's all generations that have brought us to believe that evolution is the truth instead of creation. That's all I'm going to say Thank you. 
23. He said, Tell me to be wise in the time of And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images and temples of mortal man and birds and animals and things. So, you know all those other missionaries' cards? They show a monkey, grab the pictures, and hand to a man. That's all they have. But there is no evidence for that. What are you talking about? Images and temples of mortal man. Where are the bones? Show me the bones for them. All those life-size replicas of cavemen, poets, and museums, those are artists' temples. Those drawings of transitionary creatures, those graphs showing the line of species descending into branches of the trees, have created construction. All the stories of creatures emerging from the sea. So in my 10th grade biology class, we had a poster contest. That's what I did mine on. Yeah, I presented all the evidence showing all the flaws, all the failures, all the lies, and all the cavemen sauces. I did not win the contest. But then it goes on to reveal God's planning activities on this bit. Then God said, let us make
and he was born to the perfect paradise. God did come on earth, and God provided for the provision, and he gave Adam the responsibility to work it, to tend it, to keep it. So when we do work, we are returning to the church of God, to work. And the Lord God said, it is not good. He said, good, good, good. It is not good. It can't be alone. I'll make him a helper for me. He needed a community, he needed a companion that was like him and that So the Lord God called the priest to fall upon the man while he said, took one of his ribs, closed up his place of flesh, and the ribs of the Lord God took from the man and made into a woman. He called her to the man. And the man said, This is my son, my flesh, and my flesh. He shall be called woman. So God created this order where a woman is made a suitable helper for man. And Adam named her as the leader. Now that's a, that's a really hard pill for our current culture to swallow. That we are equal, but we are not equal. We are independent, but we are not independent. But he is a compliment to there is no competition There is no better thing so ridiculous to boast about if you know one of them with a choice to degrade a situation. But these differences begin to unfold in scriptures even more and more as they go, but they begin right here. God orders this relationship so that they can be proper functioning in the way He designed us so that. He gives this delegated authority to the head for the sake of this order. Essentially, in place of the Dr. Paul in the New Testament, reinforces this transcultural order. It looks like it's not the one place in time. It begins at creation. It says in Ephesians 5, the husband of the head for the wife. Because he bases it on Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, man shall be the father of men, will cast to his wife, the two will become one flesh. Let each one of you love his wife and himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. But she's a third thing. Paul also makes the case that women are not to speak or have pastoral authority over men in God's family, in the church, and based partially on the created order. So, thinking too, what Adam was born first, then he And we've heard of partners in ministry, and it would be obvious that they're all needed. But we do it according to the gender roles that God has described for us. He reminds the Corinthians, the man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. So we believe that both men and women are created in God's image to reflect him on the earth, but in gender ways. Of course, we're not still in the fact that the rest of us do. When transgenderism has become a trend, and men and women are attempting to define their own identities and their own realities, and to say that really I'm my own God, I will tell you who I am and what I can. And it's kind of a slap in the face to the Creator. I don't believe what you have to say. I don't believe the way you may be. You may even say, I'm in the wrong body. So, God has no moral authority to tell me what's right, wrong, and good stuff. Women 
Finally, you make it after all this work with God. 
if you need to take one day off work, because we don't worship work, we don't worship success, we worship God. So the kingdom of God is law, Sabbath day. Part of the kingdom of God Christians were no longer under the Old Testament law, no longer under the Sabbath commandment. But the principle from creation is still there. It's still there. So we need one day Thank you. 